time for another edition of Jonesing for Football. Bill Jones along with Cody Winstead. I'm in Dallas. Young Cody is in Philly, and it's a great time of the year. And Cody, let me tell you, finally this week, summertime has hit here in Dallas, Texas, as the temperatures have gone up into the 90s for the first time this year, and the humidity I think it is above 100% humidity, just in time for the Cowboys mandatory mini camp at the Star in Frisco this week. How are you doing, Cody? Oh, everything's great. Hey, the heat's here in Philadelphia, too. It's been over 90 degrees uh, here in Philly uh, for the Eagles mandatory mini camp this week. And we just looked it up, Bill Jones, six teams uh, with mini camps this week and then 26 next week. And that means football season is around the corner. Yeah, it's exactly right. And in fact, we are now less than three months away from the Thursday night season opener between the Dallas Cowboys and the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers on September 9th in Tampa. And the Cowboys haven't come out officially with their training camp schedule, but I know behind the scenes at the Star, because I was have been there every day this week, that they are planning on going to Oxnard, California for training camp. And it would start, I think they'd be on the field for the first time six weeks from today. So we are six weeks away from the start of training camp. It will be here before you know it, Cody. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, Bill Jones, let's get into today's podcast. We've got some bounce back players. So some guys that are going to have bounce back seasons. Some could have struggled last year. Maybe they went to new teams, so they're getting a fresh start there. Or even coming off of injury, uh, give us a guy you think is going to ball out in 2021. Okay, yeah. Now, the way you preface this to me, it could be a player or a coach. Okay? Yes, sir. You, you've got two players or coaches. I've got two players or coaches, and I actually, I'm going to give you, on both of mine, I'm going to give you a coach and a player. I'm going to double your pleasure here uh, from the same team, okay? So one of the reasons that the coach will have a bounce back year is because the player will have a bounce back year, or it might even be multiple players on this team. All right, and so I'm going to start. I know one. I know who one of yours is going to be. You don't even have to tell me who one of yours is, and I think we ought to save him for deeper in the podcast because we will never get to our other players once you start talking about the one player that you are most high on. Okay, we go at least forty-five minutes on Tua Tungavaila. Oh, so go ahead. No, you, no. you go ahead. You've already you've already spent too much time on him. Okay. okay. All right. Here we go. My coach slash player plays or coaches for the Minnesota Vikings. The coach is Mike Zimmer and the player is defensive end Daniil Hunter. All right, let's go. Oh, I got my big green notebooks behind me over here. And I, did, I was going to put them up like you have jonesing for football over your shoulder. I was going to put the big green notebook and Daniil Hunter is one of my prize um uh, Find, uh, finds, finds, yeah, gem. the find would be in the yeah, in the big green notebook from 2015. But let's go to Mike Zimmer first. Of course, Mike Zimmer, we know him here in Dallas, going back to the Super Bowl days of the Cowboys in the 90s when he was an assistant coach. Was here for many years. Uh, 
defensive coordinator, finally under Bill Parcells. Now, wow, it's been 15 years ago before he went to Cincinnati, became a head coach for the Vikings in 2014. He became the head coach of the Vikings. That year, the Vikings went seven and nine. Okay, not a good year. The next year, 2015, they went 11 and five. 2016, back down to eight and eight. 2017, back up to 13 and three. 2018, back down to eight, seven and one. 2019, back up 10 and six. 2020, back down seven, nine. Young Cody, have you noticed a trend here? The Vikings the roller are coaster, going back Mike up. Zimmer with the Vikings, they are back up in 2021 because it's an odd-numbered year. And so who knows? And you look at what's going on in Green Bay, the situation with Aaron Rodgers. The Lions are the Lions, even with a new head coach. What's going on with the Bears? Justin Fields, are they going to go with the rookie? Or are they going to go with the veteran Andy Dalton? It's a prime year for a bounce back for Mike Zimmer and the Minnesota Vikings, who were beset by injuries last year, most notably the biggest injury on the team last year, in my opinion, was Daniil Hunter. Daniil Hunter, drafted in the third round in 2015. All right, right now, first off with Daniil Hunter, they got to get him in camp, okay? He's in a contract dispute right now, um, and it's all a product of, in 2018, he signed a very team-friendly contract extension, which was a five-year, $72 million deal. He's still got three years left on that deal. He is, and I knew he would, and I think if anyone who watched him play knew he would outperform that contract, that's why it was a bad deal for him at the time he signed it. Great deal for the Vikings. He's got three years left on that deal. And I believe it's at $12 million a year in salary the next three years. That's a bargain deal for a defensive end who had 14 and a half sacks in 2019, 14 and a half sacks in 2018. Now, the caveat on that is he missed all of last year, which makes it a bounce back year this year, had a neck injury. That's a concern, but we're going to assume that Daniil Hunter is healthy again and he will be flying off the edge for a revamp Mike Zimmer defense in Minnesota, and he'll get his customary 14 and a half sacks this year. I think that constitutes a bounce back year for Daniil Hunter, Mike Zimmer, and the Minnesota Vikings, Cody. Yeah, you look at Minnesota, it's staggering that the Vikings, like you said, had a down year, but their offense ranked fourth in the league in yards. It was their defense that was the issue. 27th in yards, 29th in points. That just does not sound like uh, a Mike. And who are they adding? Who are they adding on their defense this year? Well, Patrick Peterson, we know him. Well, we got Patrick Peterson in the secondary. We've got uh, up front, okay, not only Daniil Hunter coming back, assuming he's healthy and under contract. Remember Michael Pierce? Michael yeah. Pierce opted out last year, uh, former Baltimore Raven. He last year in free agency last year signed a three-year $27 million deal. They didn't have his services throughout last year because he opted out. They also added Dalvin Tomlinson as an, an unrestricted free agent signee this year to shore up uh, the interior of their defensive line. Add Patrick Peterson on the back end. You know, the other thing that uh, 
this past week, they've signed Bashad Breeland because they've got some other issues at the other cornerback spot with their first round draft pick from last year, Jeff Gladney out of TCU here in, uh, here in Fort Worth. Uh, he had uh, some off the field issues. And so they've had to try to offset the loss of him. Who knows whether he'll be a- even able to play this year. They also added, and I'm not saying this is necessarily a positive for Cowboys fans. Xavier Woods is a, uh, added to their secondary alongside Harrison Smith, who's been a terrific player throughout his career. Yep. It definitely looks like uh, they'll be better. And you make a good point about the division kind of up in the air, especially with Rogers situation right now. Obviously if Rogers uh, comes back, the Packers should be the clear favorites, but if not, the Vikings could be right there in the mix uh, for that NFC North crown. All right, let me get to why first guy. I won't do Tua yet. That's a tease. We'll save him for last. Good, good. I'm starting good. with. I, I may, I may check out when you start doing Tua at the end. That's fine. I might I'll, leave I'll for a little over. bit, come back, and then exactly. I'll just listen to the podcast. You can, go, later. you can go to lunch or something like that. And yeah, by the time you get right. back, I'll still be. Finished. You'll be done. Yeah. Um, all right. Who's your right. other guy? I can't wait to hear this guy. Yeah. How about Saquon Barkley? Sadly, Bill Jones. It's starting to seem like. Barkley is always a candidate to be a bounce back player coming off another injury riddled season torn ACL in week two caused him to miss the remainder of the season and sadly that wasn't Barkley's first significant injury he dealt with a high ankle sprain in 2019 that caused him to miss three games and then he also really struggled once he came back. So it had effects, lingering effects throughout the year there in 2019. So first and foremost, I just want to see Barkley healthy again, because if he's a hundred percent, he's arguably the best running back in the game. And that goes back to 2018 when he was a rookie and he led the league in scrimmage yards as a rookie. So the guy's a stud. We know that Uh, let's talk 2021 because most are expecting a major jump from this Giants offense, and that shouldn't be too difficult considering they were 31st in yards and points a year ago. The biggest reason for the high hopes, uh, the addition of multiple weapons on that offense. They signed Kenny Galladay in free agency. He was a big get. Uh, They also got Kyle Rudolph from your Vikings right there, Bill Jones, and drafted another one of your big green notebook favorites, Kadarius Toney. In the first round there. And so Daniel Jones now has a plethora of weapons to work with. But if I know anything about offensive coordinator, Jason Garrett, his goal will be a balanced offense. So that means (laughs) plenty of Saquon Barkley. And uh, I think if most of these guys stay healthy, Bill Jones, I think the Giants offense could kind of look like the Cowboys offense in 2016 when Zeke and Dak were rookies and they used Zeke to set up the pass game and made things very easy on the quarterback. And that's what Daniel Jones needs. You know, let's ride Saquon, run the offense through him, and then you can play action off of that. And uh, I think that's where Daniel Jones, that's kind of the quarterback he's going to be. Offensive line for the Giants still remains a question. Uh, as not, always, not quite the 2016 Cowboys offensive line. Not there. quite, right. but it always seems to be a question with that Giants offensive line. It seems like right when they get uh, close to having a, a strong offensive line, one or two guys leaves. Uh, but what's interesting is 
they didn't draft any O-linemen in, uh, in the draft this year. So I thought that was interesting. So obviously GM Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge feel pretty good about that unit. Well, I assume that they're banking on Nate Solder coming back at yep. a tackle position. He opted out last year. And so that is, quote, unquote, their free agent signing for this year or uh, draft pick signing is putting Solder in there. And then we'll see uh, one of the keys is going to be the development of Andrew Thomas, yep. who was their, the fourth pick overall last year. He struggled, through, especially through the first half of last season, yes. playing left tackle. We played a little better down the stretch. And it's that old jump from the first year to the second year in the league. And uh, the Giants are banking on him being a mainstay at, uh, at a tackle spot. So that, that should improve their offensive line. For sure. So I'll give you my prediction on Saquon, and then I'll send it back to you. Since 2018, since his rookie year, Barkley ranks third in the league in scrimmage yards per game. So when he plays, he is a beast. My prediction is Saquon is a top three back in the league, clearly once again here in 2021. Wow, that's a, that's a bold prediction, although he certainly has the talent to do it. And I agree with you that uh, Jason Garrett, it'll be a bounce back year for Jason Garrett if Saquon Barkley has a bounce back year. And who knows, could Garrett get back in the head coaching mix if he can turn that uh, offense around, uh, and I think uh, you're right, that he looks at Barkley as being his Zeke Elliott there. So who's going to have the better year this year? Is it going to be Barkley or Zeke Elliott? Uh, I would say Saquon Barkley. Okay. Yep. I think right, the, the Giants the are going to be a run-oriented team. The Cowboys are going to be a pass-oriented team. That's my prediction. Oh, okay. All right. Because of the – new coaching philosophy in Dallas. There you go. As opposed to the old coaching philosophy of Jason Garrett. All right. My number two, let's go out West. Let's go out to the San Francisco 49ers and coach Kyle Shanahan. You recall what happened with Kyle Shanahan's Niners two years ago in 2019? I do. They were a missed pass from Jimmy G away from maybe winning the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. They went 13 and three that year yep. and played the chiefs in the super bowl, lost to the chiefs in the super bowl. What happened to the 49ers this past year in 2020 injuries, a lot injuries. of injuries. Yeah, that's exactly right. And Jimmy Garoppolo was one of those injuries. So it's a bounce back year for Kyle Shanahan who stole the headlines at the draft and the draft lead up. Okay. He was, Everyone was talking about Kyle Shanahan with the drafting of Trey Lance. So who is it that's going to play quarterback for the Niners this year? Is it going to be Jimmy G or is it going to be the rookie out of North Dakota State, Trey Lance? What do you think? I think it's going to be Jimmy G. Um, and if you're asking me my guess, uh, I think it's going to be Jimmy G for the entire season unless he's hurt. I don't think Trey Lance is going to be good enough to take his job. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. So what did Jimmy G do during the Super Bowl run in 2019? Well, he started awesome. all 16 games. He completed 69% of his passes for nearly 4,000 yards, 8.4 yards per attempt, 13 in picks, 27 touchdowns that season. But the biggest thing is they had a pass-run balance with a bevy of backs in the backfield, 
and Jimmy G throwing to a tight end named George Kittle, who, which brings me to another bounce back player. Not only Jimmy G, but also George Kittle, who was limited to just eight games last year. He had a sprained left knee early in the year. He was put on IR finally in November with a small fracture in his foot. So he only had 48 catches last year, only in half a season. Mm -hmm. That would be 96 catches for a full season without Jimmy G as his quarterback. And, of course, he was a two-time Pro Bowl player the previous two years with over 80 catches both of those years. It will be a bounce-back year for George Kittle and for Jimmy G. And let me give you a third player, okay? One of the keys to the Niners being what the Niners will be this year. Oh, I wish I had my big green notebook behind me. Who but let me take you back. Let me take you back to 2018. Their early third round pick, a wide receiver out of Baylor, who can also play some running back for you. And that would be not Jalen Hurts. That would be Jalen Hurd, who was my favorite player in the draft that year. Unfortunately, had a neck injury his rookie year, tore his ACL his second year. I'm scanning the wire. I'm going, okay, what's going on with Jalen Hurd this offseason? Because he may be the key to their offense as the third receiver to go along with Debo and Brandon Ayuk. And I'm hearing good reports about Jalen Hurd. That guy is a stud. And so look out for Jalen Hurd if he is healthy he will be a big-time player in that San Francisco offense this year. All right. Good sleeper out of you right there. I like Mm -hmm. San Francisco uh, as well. Their team is just structured really well where if they can just avoid significant and many significant injuries, you know, they're in pretty good shape. Go ahead. Uh, Along those lines, they suffered two injuries in one practice this week. They lost uh, their guard, Justin School, and then uh, safety, Tavares Moore. Looks like both of them are out for the year. So they signed one of my guys, Tony Jefferson, who is an undrafted guy going all the way back to 2013, played his way onto the Arizona Cardinals starting lineup and then got a big contract with the Ravens. He missed last year with an ACL, and now he's with the 49ers just signed this past week. That'll be a good get for them. Niners fifth ranked defense in the league last year, according to yards. So They're still stout over there. They've still got a ton of studs. Uh, I like San Francisco as well. That NFC West is just brutal. Um, By the way, I like the Cardinals Mm -hmm. to win that division in case I know. Oh, you do. So Kingsbury is finally going to have a winning season. Yes. This year, no doubt. Um, All right, Bill Jones. um, It's time for you to take a break here. Let me just stretch out. It's going to be a while. Oh, no. Okay, here we uh, go. To a talk. Uh, All right, here we go. Do you want to time me here? I'll try to keep it under a half hour. Um, I'm going with my guy, Tua Tungavailoa. Going to bounce back big time in 2021. First, I got to explain my love for Tua. I thought he was the number one player in the 2020 draft. Uh, I liked Joe Burrow. I liked Justin Herbert. But I loved Tua Tungavailoa. Here we are a year later. And I'm not going to lie, his rookie year was discouraging, especially when you consider Burrow and Herbert looked noticeably better and more prepared. To his stats, though, not awful, but far from impressive. 11 touchdowns, 
five interceptions and a passer rating of 87. Did that in 10 games. He did get benched in a couple games for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, but when I watched Tua, it just looked like he wasn't comfortable. And that was the exact opposite of his entire time at Alabama. Every game at Alabama, he looked like the best player on the field. He always knew where to go, was always going short passes, medium passes, deep passes, whatever he needed at Alabama. He just didn't have it with Miami. He did not look comfortable. And I thought he really lacked the confidence of pushing the ball down the field. He averaged 6.3 yards per attempt, which ranked 30th among the 35 qualified quarterbacks. The only guys worse, Nick Foles, Dwayne Haskins, Carson Wentz, Sam Darnold, and Alex Smith. So we know that's kind of the bottom of the barrel there for quarterbacks last season. So the big question, why did he struggle as a rookie? Well, I broke it down into three reasons. Number one, circumstances were difficult. Offseason was virtual, and a rookie coming in with no in-person meetings or practices until training camp. You know, that's tough. That's tough. Um, number two, the coaches. How good of a job did Chan Gailey and that offensive staff do with him? Well, Gailey is gone. He resigned. And now the Dolphins are going with co-offensive coordinators this year. Eric Studesville and George Godsey are going to be the OCs. And then they also brought in Charlie Fry. He played five years in the league. He's going to be the new quarterbacks coach. So they had some shuffling on the coaching staff as well. And also, you can't forget about Tua. He took a lot of the responsibility for his struggles himself. Here's a listen of a press conference uh, back in May. I didn't actually know the, like, the playbook necessarily really, really good and that's on no one else's fault, you know, but my fault. And they, they, our, our play calls were simple when, when I was in, you know, I didn't have alerts and checks. Um, whereas now, you know, feeling more comfortable, you know, I can kind of maneuver my way, you know, through, through these things now. So there you go, Bill Jones, no excuses from Tua. He's saying he didn't do enough himself. Uh, what do you think about that? You got to give him a little credit for that, right? I do. Okay. I don't give him credit for not knowing the playbook as well. <laughs> I do give him credit for admitting it. And I do give him a pass. I, I, yeah, I do give him a pass because of the virtual offseason last year. I mean, it, as you said right off the top with Tua, that is very, very tough, especially at the quarterback position for a guy to come in and try to master an NFL offense. And, and a great point, too, that Chan Gailey, the offensive coordinator, nothing against Chan Gailey. I mean, I remember Troy Aikman here, all right? Uh, when Chan Gailey became the head coach, he wasn't a fan to begin with. Now, Chan Gailey's had a very nice career as an NFL coach, obviously, but he's, he, he doesn't, he's not a good fit for everybody. Yep. And so I think it's probably prudent on their part to, to do what they did. Uh, as far as making a change with their offense, because it's so important to get that right and to get to a right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what he's going to do this year. Yeah, something interesting. I just heard from Peter Schrager on uh, Good Morning Football and NFL Network plug there. Um, how much of a Tua-based offense was this under Gailey? Well, Gailey was actually Ryan Fitzpatrick's OC in Buffalo. And then Gailey was actually Ryan Fitzpatrick's OC with the Jets. And then Gailey was actually 
Ryan Fitzpatrick's OC with the Dolphins. So I'm not sure how much of a Tua-based offense this really was uh, last year. But anyway, uh, I still like Tua. I think he's going to put the work in. He's going to make the commitment to being great. And that's one of the reasons I liked Tua in the first place. And let me just quickly get to their weapons, Bill Jones, because the Dolphins are loading up on that side of the ball. Um, they drafted speedster Jalen Waddle with the sixth overall pick. Uh, and then they signed a deep threat Will Fuller to a one-year deal. So both of those dudes can hit home runs from anywhere on the field. And they join a group, which includes Devontae Parker, Mike Gusecki, Miles Gaskin. And I really like the Dolphins because they're investing in the offensive line as well. It's important to protect Tua, a young quarterback. And so both of their tackles are high picks in last year's draft. I really like Liam Eikenberg, who they drafted in the second round. I think he's going to be a good player. And Matt Skurr comes over uh, in free agency from Baltimore. So I really like Tua. I think he's going to have a mega bounce back season. Ryan Fitzpatrick's gone. He doesn't have to look over his shoulder at Fitzpatrick. Now they did bring in Jacoby Brissett. So he's going to be the backup. Uh, and Brissett has a good reputation in the league. He'll teach Tua how to play the game, the ins and outs of the league. And if something were to happen injury-wise, Bursette is one of the better backups as well. So I like Tua. think he's going to prove this year he's a legitimate NFL quarterback and then sky's the limit from there. And so what kind of year are they going to have? Are they going to challenge Buffalo for the division title? I think so, yes. Uh, with Tua and all the weapons, I think this is the year Miami makes a big jump. Ten wins for the Dolphins, uh, and they get so into ten the and playoffs. Seven. Ten, okay. ten or 11, and they get into the playoffs. Last year, the defense carried them. This year, it's the offense carrying them. Look out for the Dolphins. So forget Buffalo. Do they finish ahead of New England? I'm saying yes. How about that? And I know you're <laughs> against that because you're a Bill Belichick lover. Give me you know what? You know what, though? We need to learn more about the New England Patriots, don't you think? We do. And that's actually what we've got coming up. John oh, really? Football. Uh, that's right. We're going to have uh, NFL Network insider from New England, Mike Giardi, my buddy. Uh, he's been covering the Patriots for years. He covers a lot of those AFC East teams. And so Giardi's coming on the show. So the second ever guest in the history of jonesing for football. We're going to learn about your Patriots, Bill Jones. All right. Yeah. And, and so our second ever guest, of course, last week we had Babe Laufenberg and, and people are still talking about that episode of jonesing for football, aren't they? Oh, the downloads are just coming in like crazy. Like I, it's like, I can't even keep track. I get so many notifications on my phone. <laughs> you can only imagine what's going to happen over the next six weeks as we build up to the start of training camp and over the next three months, building up to the start of the season here on Jonesing for Football. That's why we are Jonesing for Football, right? That's right. The name fits the show right now. Let's get it on. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll see you again next week on Jonesing for Football. See you next time.